know the devil is a liar and the devil is the father of all lies. Lying's a way of life for some people these days in the world that we live in. I heard about a little boy who just, every time I may have shared this with y'all before, so forgive me if I have, but, you know, I just like telling it. Little boy always came to Sunday school, and he'd just tell big lies every Sunday when he got to Sunday school, which is a prayer request for us that God would get us to the point one day we'll be able to offer life groups in Sunday school. But the teacher just kept saying, son, you know telling a lie is a sin. You know it's one of the Ten Commandments. You're not supposed to lie. And nothing he would say to that little boy would make a difference. So one day that Sunday school teacher was on a business trip. He was on a flight to another place. And he was sitting by a guy who he found out was a child psychologist. And he asked the child psychologist, said, I got a little boy who lies every week in Sunday school. Ridiculous lies. What can I do to help him? He said, next time that little boy comes to Sunday school, you tell him the biggest crazy whopper lie that you can think of, and he'll see how ridiculous it is, and he'll stop lying. He said, all right, I'll do that. So sure enough, when he got back the next Sunday, that little boy came to Sunday school, and he said, son, you ain't going to believe this. I got up this morning, I put on my bathrobe and my slippers. I went across the street to get my Atlanta Journal-Constitution out of the box. Why anybody would subscribe to that, I don't know, but he did. And he said, son, you know what happened when I did that? He said, a big old 500-pound gorilla jumped out of the cornfield across from my house, picked me up and started slinging me all over the place, tried to kill me. He said, you know what happened next? A little old bitty two-pound chihuahua dog came and got that 500-pound gorilla and pulled him off of me and rescued me. Little boy's eyes were real big. He said, son, do you believe that really happened? He said, yes, sir, I do. Why do you believe that? He said, because that was my dog. Some people are just used to lying. No matter what you do, they're just going to tell a lie. That's the world that we live in. The devil is the father of all lies, and he lies to all of us. Does he not? The spiritual warfare that we experience in this church plant, I don't know about you, but the devil's tried to whisper some mess in my ears as well. And I, I, let me back up a little bit. I made it sound like earlier that nothing's really happened since Matt's been out sick. That's not so. There's a church called Tennell Baptist Church. Who's ever heard of Tennell, Georgia? Small town in South Georgia. You know the whole state with your job, right? Yes, sir. You were there this week, you said? Vidalia, the onion capital. Tennell Baptist Church, who I preached in one time, committed to give us 1% of their receipts for the next year to Transformation Church. What a blessing that is. Their pastor, Brian Welch, is on the board of trustees at Truett McConnell University as well. And I just, if you saw me look at my phone a while ago, I heard from Dr. Jim Perdue, the pastor of Second Baptist Church, Warner Robins, Georgia. And I've shared this with some of you privately, but he didn't want me to make it public because their church had not been told until this morning. Second Baptist Church, Warner Robins, Georgia, where my wife and I served for 19 years. Years, they have adopted us as our sending church. That is a big deal. And they've committed to give us $1,000 a month for the next year. And then that will decrease. They're going to support us for at least three years. They'll send help to help us when we need help. I'm thinking on our launch day specifically, they'll send a team to help us. When we constitute as a church, something that I've been talking about to a, a guy down in the Stone Mountain Association this week about constituting as a church and receiving members, we'll ask somebody from Second Baptist as our sending church to come and be a part of that service. So the Lord is doing stuff. I made it sound like earlier nothing was happening. God is still at work, and so we're thankful for that. But the devil likes to put these lies in our head. You know, you read the news like I do. The suicide rates have been through the roof 
even more so since COVID. People were separated and despondent. And, you know, just in time for the next elections coming up, you hear COVID is breaking out again. I'm not really shocked by that. I don't know if you are or not. You know, the, the lies that these so-called doctors tell the young ladies these days, it's not a baby. It's just a blob of tissue. Abortion says that all lives don't matter. Is it any shock when we live in a world where we teach kids that life is not a big deal that you have people 18 years and under for the last year going into schools and shooting up school buildings? Beyond my comprehension. You know, my daughter-in-law was a school teacher at Tadmore Elementary, and, I, and my heart just immediately went to what happened if my daughter-in-law was in that school? What happened if my little Wyatt, my little grandson was there? We have devalued life all because of the lives of the devil, and those lives mattered. Those little kids had names. Those little kids had homes. They had backpacks. They had their toys at home that their mom and dad have to deal with. Now, the devil is a liar, and he says, you don't matter. Turn, if you will, to Romans, the last chapter in the book of Romans, Romans 16. Full disclosure, the Lord gave me this message when we were going through the book of Romans with our next-gen students on Thursday nights. And this was the last message that I preached before they left. And I thought, I wish I was sharing that with all of Transformation Church. Well, the college students aren't here now, so I can share it with you. And you'll see why, I think in a minute, why I wanted to share this with you. Because you matter. Everybody matters. That's what I entitled the message, Everybody Matters. So Romans 16, if you're physically able, let's stand and honor the reading of God's Word. Paul, writing to the church at Rome, getting ready to go see him, and he says, I recommend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church, which is at Centria. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but you're not sure either, are you? Verse 2, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. For she herself has also been a helper of many and of myself as well. Greet Priscilla and Achilla, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only do I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Verse 5, also greet the church that is in their house. Greet Eponidas, my beloved, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who's worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsfolk, and my fellow prisoners who are outstanding in the view of the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Ampelitus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Stachus, my beloved. Greet Apelles, the approved in Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my kinsman. Greet those who are in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Trophina and Trophosa. If you ever have twins, there's two names for you. Trophina and Trophosa, workers in the Lord. Greet Persis, the beloved, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, a choice man in the Lord, and also his mother in mine. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, hard names, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philogolus and Julia, Nurus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Anybody just want to get saved right now after we read all those? You just want to run to the cross, give your life to Jesus after we read the Scripture. Now let's pray together. Father... As we read a passage of Scripture that I confess, most of my Christian life, I've just kind of glossed right over it. But Lord, we recognize that every word in your word is God-breathed. It's living and active and, a sharper, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. You've given us your word, Lord, to edify us, to encourage us, to make us the disciples you'd have us to be. So God, I know that's true. 
even in the genealogies of the Old Testament. I know that's true in this list of names that we read today. So Holy Spirit of God, teach those of us gathered at Transformation Church and those who will listen online later to this message that everybody matters. You have a plan for all of our life. So help us to honor you with the lives you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Well, it was a lady by the name of Phoebe that delivered the letter. Of all the people that Paul could have, could have trusted to take this letter, it was a lady. This shows what confidence he had with women. As I was studying this again, I'm thankful for the ladies that are a part of our church plant. In our early days of our church plant, probably, guys, we're probably outnumbered by the number of ladies at this point, it seems like. The scripture calls her a servant in verse 1. Your translation of scripture may call her a deaconess. That's a big controversy among some churches there. Was she a deaconess? Was she a servant? Well, the same word gets translated that way. And so when I go over and I read the qualifications of a deacon and I see the husband of one wife, I conclude that that's only a role that is reserved for a man, not to devalue women because of all the people Paul could have chosen. He chose this woman to do that. So really in the first several verses, I think there's, if I remember correctly, there are three women, yeah, three women listed in the first six verses. Paul greets believers who he has, he has um, met who now live in Rome. He'd never been to Rome, but there were people in Rome that he knew. So they lived in a transient society much like us. So as members of Christ, as part of the body of Christ, the cool thing is when we do missions, and I'm, just going to, I'm praying that one of our first international mission trips, and I'm partial because I've been there so many times, that I get to take some of you on is to Brazil. When I showed up in Brazil the first time, instantly, I never laid eyes on people, but brothers and sisters in Christ. I spoke very little Portuguese. I speak a little bit more, but not a whole lot. It's just a family connection. When I went to Moscow, Russia, for the a family connection. Sometimes you ever meet somebody like in a store or somewhere, and you can just see in their eyes, you think, I believe that person's a brother or sister in Jesus. That kinship, that family that we have. So Paul was writing to family. There are 26 names listed in verses 3 through 3. 16 that I tried to read. I don't know how to pronounce them. After my dad gave his life to Christ and he taught youth Sunday school, when they would come to a hard word in scripture in Sunday school, they said, Mr. Jimmy, how do you pronounce that? Daddy said, I'd just tell them something because they didn't know any better. I'd just say it and they didn't know if I was right or wrong. They just thought Mr. Jimmy was super smart. But 26 names there and it's God breathed. So why did God put this in the scripture? Why did God put the genealogies in the Old Testament in Scripture? I think to let us know everybody matters. Everybody matters and everybody has a role to play. Achille and Priscilla in verse 3, they were kind of upper class people because they were tent makers. Verse 10, Aristobulus was the brother of Herod Agrippa I, a big aristocrat. So rich people matter. Poor people matter. Verse 11 mentions some who were probably slaves. All people matter. There are no big shots and no little shots in the kingdom of God. Everybody matters. We've said before the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We don't bring our bank accounts with us. We don't bring our last name with us. Jesus and salvation are for everybody because everybody matters. Eponidas in verse 5 was the first Christian convert in Asia, Turkey specifically. So this list of names, as I read all these different backgrounds, 
That reminds me what we're praying for Transformation Church to be. We pray that Transformation Church is a multi-generational, which God's already granted that wish, and a multi-ethnic church, and we're growing in that area, multi-generational, multi-ethnic church where anybody can be transformed by the truth of Jesus, regardless of your income, regardless of how you dress, regardless of how you talk, regardless of your skin pigment. Jesus died for everybody, and we want to be a church for everybody because let's just tell the truth. And I was told about one church in town one time, I won't call the name of the church, but everybody in this room would know it if I said, that years ago, it's not that way at that church anymore, a guy showed up in shorts and somebody said, we don't dress like that at this church. The guy never went back to that church. I don't think Jesus gives two hoots what I've got on today as long as we're modest and cover ourselves up. He doesn't care about the outside, it's the inside. So no matter what you look like, how you dress, how you act, and I know some people can disagree with me on that, and that's okay, but I think the Lord is definitely more interested in our heart. So the church is based in, he talked to Romans and Greeks, Jews and Gentiles, men and women, rich and poor. That church is the base of that first church there was cross-cultural. It's exactly what we've been praying since God put Transformation Church on our heart. We also learned from that list that the Christian community was on the move. He'd encountered these people in different places, but they were on the move. We live in a transient society. And as we live in, we live in a part of, of the state of Georgia, Gainesville, the largest Hispanic population, specifically East Hall, at least in our school systems, are the most Hispanic. I'm like, God, you planted us in East Hall. You send people from all over the world to East Hall. And if we can touch these families, they may be here for a while, but they may go back to Mexico or Nicaragua or wherever they came from. We have an opportunity to touch the world from right here in East Hall. And that's exciting. So Paul hadn't been there yet, but he knew a lot of these people. People loved Paul because Paul loved people. You know, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. The way we're going to reach East Hall, and, and we say East Hall because that's just where we are, but we want to touch all of Hall County. We want to touch all of Northeast Georgia. But the way that we do that is not with our immense Bible knowledge, although we ought to study to show ourselves approved. You might not be able to answer every Bible question, but people know a smile is genuine. People know when you really love them and you care about them and you reach out to them. Paul loved people and people loved Paul. We don't know much about most of the people in this list. But what I see is an example of unity and diversity. They were so different. We're all different, really. I mean, we're alike in a lot of ways, but we're different in a lot of ways. But the beauty, the beauty of unity within diversity, some were the prominent heads of households. Rich people matter. Some were slaves. Poor people matter. All of these people had something in common, though. They worked with Paul in the ministry of the gospel. Because he says over and over in Romans 16, they worked hard. They labored hard. And we say all the time, we know Transformation Church is not for everybody. We know everybody's not going to be called here. We know everybody's not going to want to get up when we start, when we have our launch. We've got to put together a stage and sound and all of that stuff and roll in and set up life groups and roll in and set up children's church. Not everybody wants to do that. But Paul talks about people who worked hard in the gospel. You people are willing to work hard for the gospel. All right, let me get to the outline. Number one, write this down. God expects us to appreciate people. Paul took the time to write these names down and appreciate them. I want you to know that this is a pastor who appreciates every one of you. All of you mean something special to me and Julie in different ways. All of you we've had a relationship with at some point, even before Transformation Church. And we're asking God to, to grow that circle. So I appreciate the sacrifices that you make. I heard from Nolan earlier this morning, said, I'm praying for my Transformation Church family. Nolan was going to be with us in the summer. He was going to commute from Lawrenceville, but he's interning with the church. He messaged me last week. He was in Clarkston. 
ministering to an international community. I appreciate college students. We've had students drive from Dahlonega down here, from Cleveland. I appreciate students who are willing to do that. I appreciate you because I think most all of us in this room, we cut our spiritual teeth in Sunday school classes. And I appreciate you sacrificing to come. Well, we don't have that yet. We hope to have that one day. We don't have a big giant student ministry for the Brinson kids to be in yet, but we pray God will get us there one day. These are the I appreciate your sacrifice in these first steps. I appreciate your faithful giving. You know, thank the Lord our expenses are low. So we're really focusing on, on, that, on that launch fund to buy the things we need to launch. But because of your faithful giving, we've been able to pay our bills. Our bills aren't a lot, thank God. But our people right here, really, we've been able to pay those bills. So thank you for your faithfulness in your giving. I appreciate all of you who serve in so many different ways. Those of you that provided meals. We had our Thursday night service for college students. I appreciate the way y'all have loved on those college students and encouraged them. And it's been reciprocal the way that they've loved, loved you back. Did you know that of all the recorded written correspondence of Dr. Billy Graham, you know, people collect letters from famous people and they, you know, like all the presidents, they have all that on file. Over 75% of written things from Billy Graham outside of his books that he wrote were thank you notes. Spent the time to thank people and encourage people. One of my favorite evangelists of all times, Junior Hill, says the greatness of a man is seen in how he treats people who can't do anything for him. Can't do anything for him. Not people you think you're going to get something from, but you just love the least of these like Jesus. People matter. God expects us to appreciate people. Number two, write this down. God expects us to acknowledge people. God expects us to acknowledge people. Well, it kind of goes without saying in Bible times there were no computers. You know, when I agreed to do this youth camp I'm doing next week, I thought, man, I can study ahead for Transformation Church. I can maybe do some fundraising and stuff while I'm there in the daytime. I'm only preaching in the morning and at night. Well, then I find out there's no cell service and very little internet, so I'll probably have to drive into Blairsville to McDonald's. If not, they do have Wi-Fi at McDonald's in Blairsville. But Paul took the time to appreciate people. There were no computers. Uh, there were no ballpoint pens. You know, they wrote on that parchment paper that Scripture was recorded on, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but one Bible translator, one Bible commentator said it probably took the person who wrote this 30 minutes to write the names of Trophina and Trophosa and the way they had to do that on the parchment paper. But we ought to acknowledge people because acknowledging people assigns value to them. When you acknowledge somebody, you're saying, hey, I care about you. God wants us to acknowledge people. And verse 16 said, in that culture, greet them with the holy kiss. Well, we don't go around doing that in this country. Um, like I think I've shared with you all before, you know, in Brazil they do. In Brazil that's just common. You kiss people on the cheek. And so I went by myself one year and I preached a revival. And I was there for a whole week. So you're immersed in the culture. So it was just automatic. My first Sunday back at Second Baptist Church, I grabbed an older lady and I kissed her on the cheek. And I nearly had a stroke after I did it. It didn't seem to bother her, but I nearly had a heart attack. I'm back in America now. We don't do that. You know, we give handshakes. We give hugs. Even COVID made that different. The lady that we prayed with, I said, may I hug you? I asked her permission before I did. But the appropriate physical touch, you're acknowledging people, you're affirming. Number three, God expects us to affirm people. Growing churches affirm people. Growing churches don't overlook the people who labor and work and sacrifice like you have. Have y'all ever been to the Vietnam Wall in D.C.? Have you guys ever been there? It's moving, isn't it? When you see families come and put their hands on those names and they trace those names on the wall. Those aren't just names on a wall. Those are people who gave their lives so that we can have the freedoms that we enjoy today. I'm telling you, the people in Romans 16, they're not just names. Those people mattered. You matter. 
Now, you've heard me say, I really believe we're in the fourth quarter. God's given us the two-minute warning, and I believe Jesus is coming back soon. But if he does not, if he doesn't come back when I think he's going, how cool will it be one day, a hundred years from now, when Transformation Church has three or four campuses, and we're all dead and gone, and people look back and they say your name as some of the people who helped plant this church to be a lighthouse in this community. People matter, and God expects us to affirm people and let people know that. Turn to the person beside you and just say something encouraging to them. Just turn and affirm the person. Let's just practice that while I take a drink of water. I, I, I affirm all of you. Absolutely. This is Jameson's second week with us. Some of us knew him from Riverbend. Anita said, maybe I'll recognize him. I said, oh, no, you won't. He's grown up. You won't recognize him. But he worked all night long, worked whatever shift that, all night long, went home, took a shower, and got here early and said, what can I do to help? I appreciate that heart. And you're in a great church and a growing church, but he said, I want to go somewhere where I can be used. When he was at Liberty University, he was a part of what, making meals to give to underprivileged people in the community? said, you've come to the right place. As Katrina said, we don't want a mortgage payment. We don't want to pay a lot of money on a building. We want to pour back into our community and show them that Jesus loves them. I appreciate Katrina and her commitment to prayer and to lead us in the ministry of prayer. We meet tonight at 6 o'clock at White Sulphur Elementary School. We're going to be praying specifically for our schools, praying for the needs of our church and one another, but specifically for our schools as we see what's happening in our world. I appreciate Miss Mary, and I tell her she's my favorite German person I've ever known. She always... No, I've been to Germany. I've been to Germany and, and have, have friends there. But she always has a smile. She always makes me laugh. She always makes me feel better. I appreciate you, Miss Marianne. You are a blessing. I appreciate... Absolutely, because she knows what it's like to live in a country that doesn't have the freedoms. If you were here last week, I just had to salute her when she had on her red, white, and blue here for Memorial Day weekend. I appreciate the Brinson family. I've known them for some time, and God has led y'all to come back and be a part of this. And, you know, I was connected to some of their family members in One Robins long before I ever met them, so I heard about y'all. And one of the things I appreciate y'all, I don't think anybody's ever asked you to do anything. But if you'll watch today, Tab's one of the first persons to get up and help put up the coffee stuff. These two guys always help Matt take down stuff. And I don't think anybody's ever, you just got a servant's heart to do that. I appreciate y'all. I affirm you for what you do. Miss Patty, I told my wife last night, I don't know of any family. I know a lot of families who have been through a lot. But in the last year or so, all the crises that your family has faced, but you've stayed faithful. Your, your faith has not wavered. You've stayed faithful to the Lord. I appreciate you. You're a blessing and an encouragement. Miss Edith, what a sweet spirit you have. You've been through some, one of the most difficult things anybody can ever go through. That's losing a spouse, as God called Mr. Bill home to be with the Lord. But you've stayed faithful. You've not turned back from serving the Lord. You've been right here, a part of this church. You've been a part of a church for many years, but you obeyed the voice of God to come and be a part of this. I love and appreciate you. So good to see the Kreitzer family this morning. You know, I've told them, and I may have told some of y'all. I mean, every child, we're talking about everybody matters, right? Every child is special. There's something extra special about Hadley. Just the 
I don't know what it is. Something about her, the heart for God that little girl has at such a young age, it's unusual to see the heart that she has. And it comes from a mom and a dad who lead her the right way. We might as well call Misty our primary care physician. She's who, who Julie and I reach out to when we need help. And, and I remember the first time, Jonathan, I, I guess I met you at church. I wanted to visit you in the hospital. You'd had surgery and were sick. And we had a connection and talked a long time. But the Spirit of God just said, you better pray for his salvation. Just great guy, but something just said. and So I just prayed, Lord, if Jonathan's not saved and then had the chance to lead you to the Lord and see you follow the Lord at baptism at our last church, I love and appreciate the Kreitzer family. When my wife and I had COVID, I think we're getting ready to go uh, to Florida. I was encouraged, just go. You can be sick in Florida as easy as you can here. And I don't know if you called me or texted me. I forget. She said, are you at home? And I said, yes. She said, go look at your front door. And y'all live way up in North Hall. We're down in South. I bought a care package for us to take to the beach. You never forget stuff like that. I love and appreciate that. Tom and Anita, I, I, I love and appreciate. Anita handles all the financial stuff of Transformation Church. She's so faithful to do that. Anita's talented in so many ways and willing to use her gifts and abilities for the Lord. And, and then Brother Tom, just a, Brother Tom is a walking miracle. We're all a walking miracle. But this man was told he will never get to be around family again after COVID. He'll never get to go back to church again. So every time I see Tom, my heart just leaps. I'm reminded of the power of God. Thank you for the testimony that you are for the Lord. And I love the other, y'all aren't even related, are you? The Wilsons, the four Wilsons, but not related. Ron and Jenna, I love and appreciate your faithfulness. When I had to set up, in the Lord we are, right? If you go back to Noah's Ark, we're all kin physically also, but that's another story. Jenna, kind of like Marion, you always make me smile. The joy of the Lord always flows out of you. You always bless and encourage me. And you've been through a lot of physical things that you could sit home and gripe and complain and be miserable if you wanted to. And the world would say she has every right to after all she's been through. But nope, you keep serving the Lord and you're faithful. And Brother Ron is always so encouraging. You know, you, you just, anything, if you hear there's a need, this man jumps in. He heard about our water issue at home. I had to call the the city to come and cut off my water when I had that leak. He said, I got a tool for you. Next time that happens, you won't have to do it. When I had to move my office home and set up an office, the man shows up with two filing cabinets for me to use. I appreciate y'all. And Matt and Jenny, Transformation Church wouldn't be happening without Matt and Jenny. You know, we all have to know our limits. I know what I can do and what I can't do. And all the, the sound and the lights and the promo and the video and all of that stuff that God's gifted them with. Do you know just the web page? Uh, Tennell Baptist, the church is going to support us. Brian Wells said, who does your webpage? And I said, Jenny Gregory. And he said, what does she charge? I said, well, her, her husband is our associate pastor. It didn't cost us anything. He said, can I hire him for a week while she does the webpage? <laughs> no. She worked on that webpage for months. And he said, what would it cost? I said, at my last church, I called a friend, somebody I knew from, from Riverbend who does this. What would you charge to do a webpage? $10,000. Because of Jenny's giftedness and her, she did all that for us for free. So all the, and, and so you know, Matt's going to the chiropractor three or four times a week. He just had an MRI, $700, and you know, we're here because we love Jesus and we believe God's going to do something. No income, but he's still faithful to come and do that. So I love and appreciate all of you and all that you do. I appreciate my wife and, and Jenny who do children's church for us so they can learn on their own level. We are a blessed people and we ought to affirm and encourage one another. I thought it may be late this morning. The Spirit of God just said, you're going to preach about it. You need to, you need to practice this. So I was just trying to text so many of our donors who are in other cities who made it possible for us to be here. Romans 16 and verse 17 says, Now, I urge you, brothers and sisters, Keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances. Contrary to the teaching which you learn, turn away from them. 
There comes a time with troublemakers, you just got to turn and you just got to get out of there. Verse 18, for such people are slaves, not of our Lord Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. He says, everybody matters. Everybody's a soul for whom Jesus died. But you better mark those troublemakers. You mark and avoid them. A dear friend of mine, I text, he texts me every Sunday. Every Sunday morning of my life, he's a pastor in Alabama, I get a text message from him with a scripture that he's praying for me in Transformation Church every Sunday. I text him this morning, a Sunday morning unlike he's ever had in his whole life. He resigned his church last week. Church bullies, I'm familiar with some of that. Church bullies, things were going great. They're reaching a lot of young couples, but some folks don't like that. So for the first time in his life, he's not preaching this morning. He served in Winter Robins as well, faithfully for 20-something years. Never any issues from people. You come to a new church and that happens. So he says you got to mark people. you just got to know. This is not good theology, all right? Don't shoot me for quoting Kenny Rogers. But you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right? Sometimes he says mark and avoid the troublemakers. Don't let people keep you back from doing what God's called you to do. Verse 19, for the report of your obedience has reached everyone. He's bragging on them, hey, the way that you serve the Lord, people are talking about that. We want to be the talk of Hall County. We want to be the talk of East Hall as we love this community. We've got big ideas of things we want to do. They all cost money, so we're not able to do a lot of them yet. We'll get there. Therefore, I'm rejoicing over you, and I want you to be wise in what's good, innocent in what's evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Our obedience to the Lord ought to bless this community. When people hear that we're planting a church in this community center and we're kind of sacrificing some of the conveniences that are available in some of the awesome, thriving, large churches, and people are talking about that. The lady just out of the blue, well, not out of the blue, the Spirit of God prompted her this morning to come from the, from the tournament and to tie their proceedings from the tournament to Transformation Church. People are hearing about this. People are talking about this. Verse 21, Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you, and so do Lucius, Jason, Sosipater and my kinsman, I, Tertius. Remember, Paul had a vision problem, so other people often wrote for him. So he says, I, Tertius, who have written this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, host of me, and to the whole church, greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, greets you. And Quartus, my brother, more names, more people that mattered, more people that co-labored in the gospel to make something happen. Let me give you a question to ponder this morning. If the Lord, if the Holy Spirit of God moved for your name to be included in the Holy Scriptures, what would it say about us? What would it say about me? What would it say about you? What would our reputation be? I think I can say for just about everybody I know, if everybody in this room, your reputation would be recorded in the Scripture. This is somebody who was faithful to the Lord, who loved Jesus, who loved their community and wanted to see God do something. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now has been disclosed through the scriptures of the prophets in accordance with the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all nations, leading to obedience of faith. We're obeying the Lord by coming and planting this church. To the only wise God through Jesus Christ be the glory forever. Amen. People matter. They matter to be included in the scripture, but even then it's not about us. The most important name is who? Jesus. 
There's some cool names, but there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved but Jesus. So to him, the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, he's the name that matters the most. We exist in this community center to make the name of Jesus known. If they don't ever I prayed this morning for this youth camp. God, I don't care if these students never remember my name. I want to make much of Jesus, and I want them to know they've been with Jesus this week. Verse 26 says, when we truly know him, it will result in obedient faith. These people, I borrowed from somebody this week on Facebook. It says, I would rather, I forgot exactly, but the paraphrase was, it's better to be nice to people than to put scripture on your Facebook you ain't willing to live out. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And it's really biblical. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you won't put on a Christian t-shirt, you won't put on a bumper sticker on your car, although there's nothing wrong with those. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. You'll keep my commandments. There was a five-year-old little girl who was fascinated with the garbage man, the, the man who came, I'm sure there's a more technical name for those these days, you know, refuse specialist or something. I'm not sure what you call them these days. Sanitation specialist, that's right. And the little girl was fascinated with the man who came and pick up her garbage. And so she wanted to write him a note one day. And her mama said, sure, you can write him a note. And she wrote him a note and said, thank you for picking up our garbage. If you didn't, it sure would stink around here. She just took the time to write the garbage man that little note. And then she said, Will you come to my choir program at my church this Sunday night? Guess what? The sanitation specialist came to her choir program at church that Sunday because a little five-year-old girl took the time to affirm and appreciate him. And you can probably predict the rest of the story. The man gave his life to Christ at that little girl's program. We never know what a kind word spoken can do, what just one little bit of encouragement can mean in the life of somebody. Because I love the song that your cousin sings. Everybody's going through something. We're all going through something different, but everybody's going through something. So everybody that we meet is going through something. It's just different. And everybody we meet is not only going through something, but that's somebody for whom Jesus died as well. So we ought to be sensitive to that. Look at your conclusion. Every person matters because every person is a soul for whom Jesus died. That's the whole point, I think, of Romans 16. Every person matters because every person is a soul for whom Jesus died. So the people that co-labored with Paul, they mattered. You matter. What you're doing here is going to make an eternal difference. I can't wait for our first salvation. I can't wait for our first baptism. It's going to happen. We're planting those seeds now. We're watering those seeds. We're in the infancy. We, we're we're kind of like we're, I feel like I'm, I'm a horse who's being harnessed and pulled back. There's so much we want to do, but we don't yet have the resource to do that. But it don't cost anything to tell somebody about the Lord. Doesn't cost anything to be a witness. Doesn't cost anything to be kind to somebody and tell them that Jesus loves them and Jesus died for them. Doesn't cost anything to come tonight and pray with us at White Sulphur Elementary. Those things don't, don't cost. They don't have a price tag, but the rewards can be out of this world. The eternal benefits are out of this world. Would you pray with me?